All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is our second episode for today. Um, what we're going to talk about is the reviews for the new upcoming games and what people and critics think about them. Now, a lot of these games that I'm going to talk about don't actually have critical reviews yet, but it doesn't mean that they won't get it. It just takes a longer time. And today we also have a little topic to talk about as well before everything else, and that is, are user reviews trustworthy? Take a look at many, many user reviews, especially Red Dead Redemption recently. People just give them terrible scores or high scores without even playing the game to the full. Like playing a 60-hour story for Red Dead Redemption is actually a lot, but satisfying, I'll tell you that. And if you don't play it and then you come out and give the game zero? Or give it a zero for the stupidest reason? Like saying, I didn't get to stand in line to sell my goods. This is stupid. So, the point is, can user reviews be trusted? In today's world where many people bombard review the reviews for a game simply because they're mad at something. Some of the times you can actually trust these guys because they actually make good points and they're very much in contra contrast with the critical reviews. But it seems most of the time now they're just angry. So it's very difficult to trust them. Now the reviews we're going to talk about today are Spyro, the Reignited Trilogy, the remake of the first three Spyro games that were released on PlayStation a long time ago. It seems that the game is a triumph, at least. It has a critical score of 83 so far. And what's amazing is that I listened and read most of those reviews, and they keep saying that, you know, the game is flawless, amazing, so much good about it. And then they give it 8. <laughs> it's really weird. If the game is that good that you keep just talking good things about it, why... Do you say it deserves an 8 then? I mean, what, what were the problems that stopped it from getting a 9 or a 10? We don't know. They don't elaborate. But still, 83 is really good. Tetris Effect has a really high score of, I think, above 90. So, good job, Tetris. Wow. It's apparently available in VR too. Imagine that. Whoever fought Tetris... The game that I played on a shitty handheld console that you could actually see the pieces without illuminating black parts, so you see those things, could actually be played in VR. I was amazed when it came to mobile, <laughs> let alone now that it will be available on PS4 and later on on VR. What the hell? Beat Saber is available on PSVR. Beat Saber was a game that gave you lightsabers and you played music by destroying cubes and stuff like that. It was available on Steam, uh, but now it's available on PSVR as well. Nice job. Now, let's talk about some other games on this list. Fallout 76 Battlefield 1. Two of the most abysmal numbering for a game. Battlefield 1 is getting terrible reviews from users. I read them to make sure if there are stupid reviews. 
But it seems like those who are reviewing the game are those who actually got to play the game much earlier than everybody else. It seems like if you pre-order the game, the standard game, you get to play it on November 20th, which sucks. If you pre-order the Deluxe Edition, you play it on November 14th. If you bought it like a subscription, you played on November 9th. So, first of all, this is a problem. Why the hell do we have to subscribe to this game? Like, this is not a game that's going to last for long. EA knows this crap. And they think that I'm going to subscribe to that game that's going to last for only a year. If it's good. I didn't play Battlefield 1 for a year. I didn't play Battlefront 1 either for one year. Battlefield 4 I didn't play it for one year. So how do you expect me to play this game? <laughs> What's funny is that people are not happy with it. And I can see why. I did play the beta of the game. And I can say that the game doesn't feel amazing. It does not. At one point we had this operations. And we lost the defense. But it moved on to the next part in the operations. And I was like, what? <laughs> because in the battlefield 1, if you lost, you could you know keep attacking or defending until you did it. But this is stupid. <laughs> you lose, you still advance. That was stupid. And I don't know why. Um, also, it seems that the game has many, many problems that it did have in, battle, in the beta. In the beta, I think one of the biggest problems I had was I kept dying for, for no reason. And every time I died, I was just like, okay, who killed me? But there was no kill cam. It didn't even show who killed me. It just said, you died. Okay, who did? You don't know. That was the mystery, which is annoying. There were a lot of problems with the menus as well. I can uh, agree and attest to that. Um, graphically speaking, the game is not that bad. It's good. It looks good. But the, the underwater, for example, was terrible. There was nothing there. And that was what made it really terrible. Um, apparently, there were some other problems regarding the game. People are saying that the single-player version of the game, which lasts about four hours or six hours, depending on who you ask, is really boring and short. But it's just like, you know, various war stories. You know, to be honest, Battlefield 1 hats had things like this, but at least they were enjoyable at some point. This apparently seems that it's not even enjoyable at all, which makes me think like, ugh, again. <laughs> so it seems like EA should know that, you know, single player things are not our strong suits anymore. Let's just shut it off. I mean, Battlefront 2 also had single player and it sucked terribly. And I don't know why people would get angry if they don't put in single player things. I mean, just look at it. They, they can't make it anymore. I agree that the game should be cheaper if they don't include it. But if they don't make it at all, don't be angry. They don't know how to make it anymore. So, that seems to be one of the problems as well. The other problems are... That they're saying that, you know, this customization of the soldiers, you know, because they want to make you the soldier and you know, just be the soldier, customize it, make it your own, seems very stupid because it seems like microtransactions rule that part uh, for the most things. And it seems like, you know, game 
has many problems. It has only 8 maps. I don't think it's that bad to have only 8 maps, unless they're actually good maps. Which seems they're not. Many people are saying that the maps are only huge and they serve no purpose at all. I can again attest to that based on the beta and the maps that were available. They are very big and it's nice to look at, but you can get lost easily and you're just like, okay, what's the point? Why is it so big? I, I don't see the point to it. And it seems like other people did as well. The reviews for the game based on user reviews are not good. I don't care if they give the game zero for no reason other than all of these reasons. <laughs> it doesn't deserve a zero. I mean, thank God the gaming community doesn't rate games based on user scores because otherwise everybody would be discouraged to make any kind of game. So, I think that it seems that Battlefield 5 is a failure compared to Battlefield 1. And it seems lately this has been all EA can do. Battlefront 2 also didn't have that many maps to begin with. Battlefront 1, again, didn't have that many maps. Not many modes. But at least Battlefront 1 was enjoyable. Battlefront 2, even now, I don't enjoy it at all. I try very hard. But it doesn't feel like Battlefront. It feels like Battlefield with Battlefront skin. And a lot of microtransactions. So, um, this is a terrible thing. I feel for everyone who bought the game. Now, Battlefield, uh, sorry, for one, I want to say Battlefront, then I want to say Battlefield. <laughs> Get them confused. So, it seems that Battlefield 5 is not the winner that EA hoped it would be. And people are thinking that maybe next year we get the better game. But think about it. Next year is Battlefront year. Battlefront 3 will be coming. Holy shit. The second one wasn't that good. Imagine how terrible the third one would be. Now. Fallout 76. Fallout 76 is touted as the worst Fallout yet. Many people are angry that the world is barren. That the world has nothing to offer you. It's a dead world. Now, to be honest, I always thought that about the Fallout series. And to me, it always seemed very barren. Very much. But but it seemed like it would be its appeal as well. Many people liked it. But it seemed like now, it's even more barren than it should be. Which is really weird. So... <laughs> Um, many players who are playing the game early are saying that the game is worthless, it's terrible, it has many technical issues. Not surprised, especially because it's using an old engine. An old engine that its assets and everything have not been updated at all. They're just using the same engine, same assets, same graphical prowess that they use with Skyrim. That's not a good thing. Bethesda, this engine needs to die. Just put it away. Or at least, I don't know, upgrade everything. I mean, we had engines like Unreal Engine 3, which carried a lot of games for a lot of franchises until the end. Why? 
they upgraded stuff. I'm ever gonna talk about Unreal Engine 2.5, which debuted with Bioshock. Imagine if that one actually had Unreal Engine 3. How better that game would have been. So, um, it seems like Fallout 76 has a lot of problems. People are not happy with the game. They're saying it has many, many bugs. It's so wasted potential, so much wasted potential. They're saying the quests that they give you, even, are terrible. No one's happy. No one's happy playing this game. A lot of problems are arising. And let's just say, I kind of knew this would happen. Why? Take a look at Elder Scrolls Online. Another try that this Bethesda tried to make at MMOs. And it sucked. So, you could see it. They couldn't make that one happen. How the hell can they make Fallout happen? It seems like, you know, a lot of people have a problem with, you know, just shooting and looting and shooting and looting. Instead of giving you actually meaningful quests, like the games themselves. And they don't like it. They are, they are hating this. They're giving it terrible scores across the board on Metacritic. And I'm not surprised. So far, critics have not talked about the game. Because the game was released um, to the critics the same day as the consumers. So that shows how much they think the game is going to be good. Now, can we think of these um, as legitimate? As these reviews being legitimate? Or are they just, you know, some fans trying to ruin the game? Well, to be honest, from all I've seen, it seems really bad. It doesn't look that enticing anymore. And at one point, I actually saw PlayStation's Instagram account, I think it was for the Middle East, that they actually wrote, enjoy a barren and uh, a barren wasteland. Nobody in sight. Enjoy it with your friends. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was thinking, like, you know, the reviews were from people said it was a barren wasteland, but you guys are now acknowledging it and saying it's a good thing? I mean, they always say it's a wasteland, but when you say barren wasteland and say nobody's in there, enjoy it with your friends, that is terrible. That is not a good marketing skill. That's like saying, we know that you have a problem with this, but hear us out. It's good. You have fun. So <laughs> it seems like it's that bad. Um, if you are excited for the game... I suggest you wait. Don't go buy it straight away. Just wait for it. Let's see the reviews, the honest reviews that come, and then see if they can actually expand upon this, make it even better. Because if they can't, it's not worth to buy. It, be it becomes what Elder Scrolls Online is right now. So, that's another thing. And the other thing that is a really surprise to me is that Venom is crossing 700 mil. I did guess it would. If you remember one of my episodes, I said if it's going to be successful, it needs to do this. And it does. Now, why did I say it needs 700? When I said that, I knew that the movie would finish around 600 at most. It did. But thanks to uh, China and probably Japan later on, it is really flying. 
soaring in numbers, it may actually go up until 800 million. But why I thought it needed 700 was because the Suicide Squad, um, another spin-off with maybe a little more budget than Venom, made a lot of money and it was terrible. Now, why did it make a lot of money? Because it appealed to people, like Venom is. The characters, the story, not the story, the characters, the action. And people like villains leading movies. This is a given now. If Suicide Squad was able to make $700 million out of nothing, simply because villains were leading a movie, if Venom again is making that kind of money, it means that people actually like anti-heroes or villains making um, their own movies. So that's good news. And besides, if it does make $700 million, which apparently it is now, it means people are really, really interested. And that's a really good news for Sony because it means they can move on with their own villain Spidey universe. If it had made any less, they would have just made a sequel to again test the waters. But now they see that there is an actual market for this. So congrats to Venom. I actually saw the movie. The movie is not that terrible, but it's not that amazing either. But I love Eddie with uh, Venom. They look an amazing pair. So thank you guys for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this. Until next time.